Do blogs even make money? Find out on today's episode of Serve No Master. Today's episode is brought to you by FreshBooks, the accounting software built for small businesses. When you're starting a small business, tracking your money is the most important step. FreshBooks is there to help you from day one so that your business never falters. To find out how FreshBooks can help your business grow, go to servenomaster.com backslash FreshBooks now. Are you tired of dealing with your boss? Do you feel underpaid and underappreciated? If you want to make it online, fire your boss and start living your retirement dreams now. Then you've come to the right place. Welcome to Serve No Master Podcast, where you'll learn how to open new revenue streams and make money while you sleep. Presented live from a tropical island in the South Pacific by best-selling author Jonathan Green. Now, here's your host. My online story actually begins more than 10 years ago when I was living in the nation of Japan working as a high school English teacher. At the time, there was a little blog that was shared by all of the foreign English teachers in the prefecture, and I lived in a very small area with less than 150 foreigners, very small number of people who spoke English in the entire area. Every day, one of the other teachers would write a blog post every few days, and on average, the blog post would get about 10 reads a day. No one was interested in it, no one was reading, it was very boring. And after a year and a half of people asking me and asking me to share one of my adventures, I finally did. I wrote about one of my craziest adventures, some weird things happened when I went out at night drinking, the type of things you write about when you're a young guy in your 20s, and you're having crazy adventures in another country, and no one speaks your language, and the real experiences. I wrote a very raw story, a very real story about my experiences. Instead of just a story like, Japan's so amazing, the teachers are so wonderful, everyone here is so friendly, instead of like a fake story, because who wants to hear that? I wrote about my real life, my real experiences, my real friendships. I wrote something very real, and that blog post received over a 1,000 views in one day. It's the most popular blog post ever written for that tiny, tiny little blog. And after two days, they deleted my post. They decided it was too controversial. They said, we don't want an interesting blog. This is not a blog that was owned by the prefecture. It wasn't owned by a school. It was just something put together by a bunch of other individuals. And they decided that my post was too controversial. They decided to silence me. This was my first experience with someone wanting to delete my voice. And I said, I don't understand. You told me to write a post. You asked me many, many times. I wrote you something very real that's 100% true. And it's the most popular thing ever written. You're actually getting traffic for the first time ever. And they explained to me that none of that matters to them. And this is an important experience because I learned that not everybody is interested in success. Not everybody's in business for the same reasons. Lots of people have blogs that they don't want anyone to read. Most people, probably 90% of people have blogs that way. And that's unfortunate. We'll talk about more and more about that in a minute, about figuring out the purpose of your blog determines your results. They didn't want my voice. I immediately went out and set up my very first blog under my own name on Blogger. It was a very long time ago, long before Google bought and ruined the platform. I set up a little blog and rewrote my two stories that have been deleted. I actually wrote a story and a follow-up story and they ended up deleting them both. I didn't really tell anyone about my blog. And at the time, it was called Smell My Blog. I thought that was very funny and very witty. I wrote four or five posts while I was living in Japan and then I got bored of it. I just wanted my story to be out there. I was very hurt that my story had been deleted. It was very painful for me to have someone say, your voice doesn't matter to us. We don't care what you have to say. We've decided to delete it. And that was my first taste of really not wanting people to have power over me or my business. And this is why when you start out your first blog, you don't want it to be on someone else's platform. If you have myblog.wordpress.com or blog on Blogger, those platforms can decide they want to silence your voice. And this is something people are experiencing a lot on Twitter right now. 
people build up a following on Twitter or Facebook, discover that Facebook doesn't like what they have to say and they delete everything. Or Twitter doesn't like what they have to say and they delete their entire account. When you give someone else power over your business, they can decide to eliminate you if they feel like it. That's an amazing amount of power to give someone else and something to think about as you start building your business, building your presence online. I started this blog, Smile My Blog, and then I left Japan, ended up moving away a few months later. I think that's why I was so comfortable telling a really honest story. I knew I was moving away. My two years there was up. I moved back to America for a little while, for about six weeks, and then I was living in England. I moved to London, where many of my greatest stories happen, and I started a blog about my life there. I used the same platform I was using, Smell My Blog, and I started writing about my dating life. I wrote about my struggles, meeting anyone, talking to anyone, connecting with people, how lonely I felt, how I wanted to figure out how to actually connect with someone. And that journey is actually amazing because that journey from that moment of my blog led me to now where I'm in an amazing relationship. I have two amazing kids. Everything I could ever want as far as a long-term relationship, as far as the destiny of my life has come together. But it all started out with me anonymously writing on the internet about my dating experiences. And somehow that blog became very popular. I didn't understand SEO or paid traffic or anything. I was just writing stories about what happened to me. And I made sure I never used anyone's real names. The stories weren't really about the girls either. The stories were about me. I would write about how I feel about my experiences. I never used anyone's name or anything like that. It was very much what it felt like to walk up to a girl in a bar, try to talk to her and have her reject me. That's about 90% of the stories that were on that blog. Eventually, that blog became something more. It became popular. I don't know how people were finding it, but it started getting one view a day. I go, wow, 30 people a month are reading what I have to say. That's amazing. And then it went up to 100. And then it became one of those popular dating blogs in the world for a little while. It was number one on Google for Get a Girlfriend. People were interested in my story and my journey and my efforts to find a girlfriend, to find true love. It became very popular. And that turned into the opportunity for me to write my first book for women, my book, Girl Gets Ring, which is still my most popular book to date. Sold almost 100,000 copies and it's helped. It sold almost 100,000 copies and it's helped tens of thousands of women move their relationships forward, find amazing boyfriends, turn their boyfriends into fiancés and get married. It's a project I'm very proud of. And I tell that story extensively in my book, but the beginning is something I haven't shared before, the start in Japan. I started a blog because I wanted my voice to be heard. My first experience of working with someone else was to have them silence me and it really hurt my feelings. I wanted a chance to express myself. My desire was to share my voice with the world. Most blogs don't actually make any money. Most blogs make a dollar a month, two dollars a month. And if you talk to people who are bloggers and they talk about themselves as a blogger rather than a business, that mindset means they're more interested in telling stories and maybe even getting followers, but they aren't interested in monetization. If you go to a blogger conference and hang out with people that call themselves bloggers, or you go into a coffee shop and it's filled with bloggers, most of them they've almost become pretentious about not making money. If you say that you started a blog to support your family or kind of generates or generate income, they won't like that. They'll look down on you. And those are the people that I'd have no interest in interacting with. For me, the internet is a business. I don't like the internet. On a personal level, I don't enjoy being online. I would much rather be surfing in the ocean, playing with my kids, doing other things. I don't spend all day sitting on Facebook if I don't have work. For me, the internet is my job, so it's no longer a place of leisure. Now, before I started making money online, I used to enjoy it as a hobby, but you transition to a space where it's your business. If you talk to most people who are bloggers and have a blog out there and find out what they're doing, most of them, they're making massive mistakes. They're not making any money and they never will. I meet a lot of people all the time who say, check out my new blog. And I look at their blog. It's not of their own domain. They don't own it, which means they don't own the content. It's someone else's. It's not their voice, which means they can never run ads and they can never build anything from it. A lot of people decide to start their first blog without spending any money. So they set up a WordPress blog or they set up a blogger.com blog. 
but it's not their own domain. They have their name.wordpress.com or their name.blogger.com, their name.typepad. There's a lot of platforms where you can do this. Those platforms allow people to blog on them because they make all the money. If you're on that platform and your blog becomes popular, you don't get any of the money. Same thing with Tumblr. If you want to be successful with a blog, if you want to be part of a blog that makes money, you have to start out treating it seriously, treating it like a business endeavor. If you set up a blog on someone else's platform, you're saying, hey, I don't believe in myself. I don't think I'll be financially successful. And I don't care about this blog making any money. Those are the messages you send to the world and to yourself when you make that decision. It's important to make decisions from the beginning about your destination. If you don't have a destination in mind, your actions can lead you to places you never expected. If you start off with, this is the topic I want to talk about, this is what I want to blog about, you may find it's very difficult to make any money. There's many topics that people blog about that no one cares about. People show me their blogs all the time, and probably 90% of the time, they're terrible. And what makes them terrible is that they're topics no one cares about. Many, many people who, they're like halfway authors, they want to be an author, but they don't believe in themselves enough to simply upload their book to Kindle. So they start a blog online where they write one chapter at a time and post it on their blog. And you can read a book inside of a blog. It's in between being a book and a blog, but it demonstrates a lack of faith in themselves. These types of blogs are almost always on someone else's platform. I rarely see someone doing the book chapter blog on their own website. If you want to write a book and you want to share it with the world, and I'm a big fan of that, I'm a big believer in that, and I think you should do it. I 100% believe that you know everything on my blog, on my website, and my books is about publish your own book, publish your own book, go for it, go for it, go for it. I believe in you. Just do it. Don't halfway it. If you start with your idea and then try to find the audience, you'll struggle with the blog. And this is why most blogs fail. The blogs that succeed start off looking for their audience. They start off looking for an audience and they look at what that audience is interested in. They study the audience. They study their desires to figure out what those people want to hear about. I'm always looking for blogs to read. I currently only read one or two blogs. It's very hard for me to find blogs that write about topics I'm interested in, write about them well, and have enough content to keep me interested. I'm not going to follow a blog that only has a post once a week. I want to find a blog that meets my need. I'm very interested in video games. I don't get to play very much as someone with a new baby. I have two kids now on the scene. I probably play video games like an hour, two hours a week if I'm lucky, very rarely. But I still want to read video game reviews, video game stories. And one of the things I find interesting is that most video game blogs are very terrible. The reviews are unreliable. A lot of the stories are about things other than video games that I don't care about. They don't write about video games. That's all I care about. As someone who wants to hear the story, I want to know what video games are coming new. Are there price deals coming up? Give me a review of this game. Unfortunately, as has come to light recently, most video game blogs take a lot of money from video game companies for fake reviews. So they're unreliable. People have tried to jump into that market recently and start new video game blogs, but they don't pay attention to what anyone wants. They start these blogs wanting to write to the video game audience, but they start writing about what they care about rather than what people want to hear about. They're focused on the wrong message, and that's why I don't read any of those blogs. I don't care about someone else's experience. I don't care about a lot of different video game blog post types. I only care about one type of content, and no sites right now provide that for me, unfortunately. The site I used to like, I discovered they were writing fake reviews. They were giving 10-star reviews to games that came out and were broken. They broke trust with me. It's the same reason, actually, that I don't read Rolling Stone. About 10 years ago, I had an issue of Rolling Stone. I was reading it, and they gave this new album a really high review. And everyone knew the album was terrible. And I realized, oh my gosh, they're giving it a really good review because they're dishonest. It broke my trust with them. It broke my relationship with that magazine. And most magazines do this. Most places do this. They 
don't want to upset a sponsor. If you're the right person, you can manipulate reviews. And this is why more and more people now turn to Metacritic and aggregators that take all of the reviews on the internet, collect them together to show you what people think as a whole. It's very interesting. On Metacritic, you can look. Video games is where it's the most clear, the most audacious. You'll see a video game has an average review from all commercial reviewers of 9 out of 10, and then all reviews combined of everyone who plays the game, a 5, 6, or 7 out of 10. There's often a 10, 20, or 30% disparity between what reviewers say and what gamers say. And that's very telling, and it shows me most of the people who write video game reviews are lying. They're not in touch with their audience. There's an opportunity in that market. People keep trying to jump in, but they don't understand that nothing is more important to me than honest video game reviews, and they're very hard to find, unfortunately. When you're looking for your market, you have to find the audience first, and you want to find an audience that can sustain you. I was just talking to a new intern this morning about the difference between doing blogs on the left and blogs on the right politically. Most people who read left-wing blogs, they don't spend very much money. Whereas people on the right who are into prepping, who are into survivalism, they spend huge amounts of money online. They have a lot more money to spend. Financially, they're more stable. Most people that are on the left are reading left-wing blogs or living in San Francisco or they're in college, they're younger, they don't have as much free cash. So if you're choosing which market to choose, if you were on the left and you get, I want to appeal to people in my audience, you'll make a certain amount of money. But if you go, you know what, I'm going to focus on the audience where the most money is. And you focus on meeting the need of people on the right and connecting with them and finding out what they want to hear and generating content that makes them happy, you'll make 10 times more money. Now, I'm not asking you to sell out your political beliefs. I'm just giving a simple example. If you don't find your audience first, if you start writing about whatever you want to write about and then look for your audience, you will probably fail. This is why 90% of bloggers fail and it's why 90% of bloggers make no money, even if they do everything else right. They have massive amounts of content, they have great pictures, they do all of those other technical elements right. With no audience, it doesn't matter. If you have an amazing store but no customers, you will make no money. You have to have customers and the amazing store combined. Most bloggers start up with the mindset of, I just want to talk about whatever I want to talk about. That's their first mindset mistake. They aren't interested in commercialization. It's very hard to start a project that has no financial goals and then turn it into a financial project. That's a hard transition. Most people fail at it. It's very, very difficult to do. Much easier to start off focusing on the financial goal from the beginning. The second problem is that most people simply give up too fast. They don't put in enough effort because they don't think it's a business, which means they don't write very many blog posts. They don't post very frequently. And then they give up too soon. A lot of blog posts, same thing with podcasts as well. People put up episodes or podcasts or blog posts for six months, three months, a year, and then they just stop. They don't have what it takes to go the distance. Quitting early is the number one cause of financial ruin. People give up way too soon, especially because writing a blog doesn't cost any money. It's not a financially painful proposition. Now, if you're writing a blog that no one cares about and you've chosen a bad topic, maybe you need to start over, move in another direction. That's true. But oftentimes, it's the giving up too early that destroys people. Seth Godin calls it the dip. He writes an amazing book about how you should figure out if you should quit or not quit, how most people quit when they're 10% of the way from the goal. You get 90 yards across the football field. You get 10 yards to go, and that's when you quit. That happens to so many people, and it's unfortunate. To succeed with blogging, you have to start off by developing a financial strategy. With any idea, question number one is they're an audience. Question number two is how are you going to make money? The easiest way to make money is to have ads on your blog. If you have an entertainment blog or a video game blog, maybe have affiliate links, which is a link where you send someone to a video game you recommend and you get a commission from the store. You're telling them to buy it from their store, not somewhere else. You can have Google AdWords, which automatically generate ads all over your website, and people click on them, and you get a few pennies here and there. You can also sell your own products. Most of what I sell on my blog is products I created myself, advanced trainings, like build on top of what we talk about on these special podcast episodes, what I talk about on the blog, what I talk about in my book. I'm always trying to create as much content as possible for you. 
If you look at my monetization strategy, it's mostly built around a little bit of affiliate stuff, but mostly about sharing my own products and sharing my advanced courses to really help you develop your business. Without a monetization strategy, you won't make any money. If you don't have an idea for how you want to make money, you're never going to make any, which completely makes sense. You also need to have a strategy for your audience. How will the audience actually find you? You know who you want to reach. You know the type of people you want to connect with. How are they going to find you? They're going to find you through Google searches. Are they going to find you through paid traffic? Are they going to find you through social media? Are they going to find you because you write guest posts on other blogs or you do guest appearances on other podcasts? If you have the first few steps dialed in, you have amazing content that your audience would actually love, but you don't make any effort to find your audience, you're depending on luck, you'll really struggle. I was talking to a friend last night who's very, very successful in direct marketing. We do a lot of projects together, and he said he wanted to release a new book about his story, very similar to my book, actually. He saw my book, he was reading it last night, got inspired and said, I want to write something similar, put out a story about how to become successful online like I did. And I said, that sounds amazing. He started asking me about the process of becoming successful on Amazon, how I launch a book, my strategy, and he was so surprised at how technical it is. Most people, they approach books the same way they approach blogs. They write a book, they put up a cover that's unreadable, throw it on Amazon, and they're shocked when no one can find it. You have to proactively find your audience. I put a lot of effort into finding my audience, finding you. Getting you on this podcast, listen to my voice, was not easy. I put a lot of effort into getting my voice out there, involving guest posts on their blogs, building traffic on my own blog, launching my book, buying a lot of traffic, running a contest with lots of amazing prizes. All of those elements were designed to help me find my audience and help my audience reach me. If you don't implement a traffic strategy, you're depending on luck. And you know how I feel about depending on luck as a factor in your business. You have to make the decision right now. Do you want to start a blog to make money or do you want to start a blog as a hobby? Do you want to write about how much you enjoy paper airplanes or do you want to get paid to write about how much you enjoy paper airplanes? That decision will determine the course of your business. If you start off in the hobby mindset, Very, very, very difficult to transition to a business mindset. Almost nobody does it. But if you start off with a financial plan, you can still write about the things you love to write about. You can still tell your stories. You can still connect with your audience in an amazing way, but you also can support your family. If I don't make money online, if I don't write blog posts that people want to read, if I don't write books that people read, if I don't create products that people will pay for, my children don't eat. As much as it's fun to be pretentious about having a blog, People who are pretentious like that or people who are about being a blogger and having an audience and never making any money, they have another job. They have to support themselves some other way. I have a family to support and you probably do too. You need to take care of yourself. You need to take care of your kids. You're listening to this podcast because you want financial success. That's the path that I'm sharing with you. If you just want to write a glamour blog or a blog for vanity all about how wonderful you are, don't follow me because you're wasting your time. I will not teach you how to do things that don't make money. I don't know how to do that. I have no interest in that. I don't have time for that. This podcast, my blog, my book, my courses, they're designed to get you from talking to me to making money as quickly as possible so that you can quit your job, supplement your income, take care of your family. This is a business for me and I want it to be a business for you. I'm heavily invested in your financial success. That's what matters to me. And that's my approach to blogging. Your approach should be the exact same thing. This is a business. I'm going to treat it like a business and I have a goal financially to achieve. And this is one of the tools I'm going to use to get there. When you have that mindset, you can have one of the blogs that actually makes money. To celebrate the launch of the Serve No Master podcast, I'm giving away some epic prizes. You could win an Amazon tap and have me personally turn you into a best-selling author. To win your part of over $20,000 in prizes, go to servenomaster.com backslash contest.
Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Serve No Master. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss another episode. We'll be back tomorrow with more tips and tactics on how to escape that rat race. Head over to servenomaster.com forward slash podcasts now for your chance to win a free copy of Jonathan's bestseller, Serve No Master. All you have to do is leave a five-star review of this podcast. See you tomorrow.